Well, look, we've already established I'm driving the maxi train. I'm driving that. So I'm going to set that aside. We had that in the last segment. Wilbon, I listened to the vets, and I'm with you on that maxi thing because I voted him my most improved player. Start with Joel Embiid's utter dominance, and it wasn't just about the numbers yesterday. It was about the attention that he was able to garner. Tobias Harris looked terrific in yesterday's game. James Harden had 14 assists. Maxi was just outstanding game-changing performance with 38 points. The fact of the matter is, is that the Philadelphia 76ers, the path is being paved for them. And then Maxie shows up and he drops 38. Tobias Harris shows up and he drops 26. What was the issue coming into the playoffs? It was supposed to be about Embiid and Harden because you didn't see that level of production from a Tobias Harris, even though Maxie obviously has played well. What we're witnessing from him is a guy that has stepped up and has let us all know this is a brother to be reckoned with. Hi, everybody. This is a sports podcast. Replacement level, that's the name, right? Um, Basketball is fucking good, dude. (laughs) My God. I've watched... Did I watch all of the games yesterday? I watched at least some of all of the games yesterday. um, And I watched some of the two games that have happened so far. I just get reminded every year how fucking good this game is every time the playoffs roll around. It's perfect. It's incredible. I I, love it. I watched um, the playing game between the Hawks and the Cavs. I have watched um, the Denver Warriors game. I'm bummed that I missed um, game one of Philly uh, Raptors. I really wish I could have caught that one. Mm-hmm. And um, then we both just watched game one of Celtics Nets, which, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fucking basketball game. Should we start that then? Um, yeah. So, um, we just watched the basketball game get ended on a buzzer-beating layup on one of the best, like, rotation, uh, like, kick-and-drive, um, like, team baskets that I've seen in the a minute. The spin like, that just, Tatum hits just, is insane. Yeah, <laughs> Kyrie does sort of do the matador defense, which is like, my arm's here and then it's not there because I don't want to actually get in the way or commit a foul or anything like that. But like everything about that play, like the the smart split, split the double team, the, the Jalen Brown drive to set it all up, like the, the whole sequence, like, oh Jesus. My God. Um, and that comes after uh, Katie's just got stonewalled on an ISO. Um, Kyrie got doubled to, to force an ISO. Um, but like Brooklyn having run the last like four, five, six minutes by like just about hanging on on defense and draining ridiculous shots on the other end. I, th- I like Katie had stupid numbers of turnovers this game and then just seemed to somehow come up with like, you know, an efficient 23 or something. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty bad game for Durant, I think. And he still dropped 23. So, you know. <laughs> Um, Kyrie, on the other hand, was out of his fucking mind. I, that crowd hates him. That crowd hates his guts. It was so funny because I uh, was texting someone at the end of the first half. Like, Kyrie, I just, like, I don't, I'm not really 
either of these teams win or lose, I'm not a I don't care about either of these teams in the sense that I am not rooting for either of them. So I'm just enjoying good basketball. And I texted a friend like, oh, um, I don't what am I looking for here? Like none of the like Tatum, um, Brown, um, Kyrie and KD, none of them were like really like being a lot of fun to watch in the first half. KD was cold yeah. and and Tatum was like I think getting his like sea legs for the first half. I think um and then in the third third and fourth quarter Kyrie was just like I will just win this game. I will just win yeah. this game. Fuck you. <laughs> I was almost fucking dead. Almost put the entire team on his back and just like hit ridiculous either just like ridiculous ISO shots or you know the classic Kyrie dribble like a million dribble moves followed by a, a burst that like ends up in a very very difficult layup that he just about makes like the, dear god the like crazy like Kyrie floaters and um and layups like you watch the Trey Young ones where it's like he's cheating how does that fall in like I don't yeah. understand how that hits the Kyrie ones look like well of course those are fall like sure he just <laughs> spun three times and like you know is. Going from his offhand, does he even have an offhand? I don't know. But, like, <laughs> it just will fall. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Um, the the Both in the playing game and this game, he went large stretches where he'd missed one shot in 20 minutes of action. Like, he's he's got something about him in the playoffs that just, like, very few players have. <sighs> I, it annoys me to say Boston didn't play well, mm -hmm. but they fucking shot up when they needed to. Um yeah, awesome. the, 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 um, you could, uh, you could tell, I think, like, the whole, all of the Nets showed up. Like, I was really impressed with, like, Claxton, and, um, I think Dragic played mm -hmm. okay. Um, yeah. Bruce Brown was good. Um, all the Nets showed up, but, like, the Celtics thing felt like a real team effort, where, like, a lot of them individually, I did not think were playing great. And then it added up to, like, we kept it tight enough that, like, you know, we could win. We came out in that third quarter, like, ready to just, like, knock them in the teeth. <laughs> the, yep. the start of the third quarter for the Celtics was fucking amazing to watch. Yeah. Uh, th like, th that for me was when I, I just sort of, like, I don't know if this series or this playoffs will be a Jalen Brown coming out party, because the whole season, the second half of it, was, like, Jason Tatum establishing that he can be the best player on a very, very fucking good team. But I think people have slept on Jalen Brown, just how good he is. And the number of times where he'd go... You you get these uh, the, these plays sometimes where you, like, you need a big wing to dominate a game. And sometimes Jason Tame can do that. But like Jalen Brown has the athleticism to like get a highlight block on one end, go the other way and like stuff it on someone at the other. And he, was, he did that like once or twice in this game. Um, and he, he really does have the capacity to just take over at points, which is so fucking cool to watch. Yeah, it... <laughs> It's hard to imagine, like, Jalen Brown, like, taking over for, like, an entire half of, like, playoff basketball. But there were, like, there would just be, like, the Celtics would get down, and for, like, five possessions, he just had, like, his hand in every single possession. He was, like, scoring or getting the assist or setting the screen or whatever. Um, yeah. Where, like, just for those, like, he could just shoot, like, a little life into the rest of the team. It was so yeah. fun to watch. <laughs> you asked me... Um, um, like yeah. it, this off season, would I rather take um, Jimmy Butler or Jalen Brown? And I, I think it was like very easy, like Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, I think you would lose a little bit of passing. I think you'd lose. 
I, it's hard to say you would lose a little bit of defense. I think you would lose a little chaos on defense. I think. Yeah, you, you'd lose a bit of defensive playmaking, but you've fucking got Marcus Smart. You don't need that. You need, like, yeah. someone who can body at wings and, um, cont- like, actually contain rather than, you know, jump st- passing lanes and stuff like that. Yeah. I um, This this Celtics team yeah. is a lot of fun to watch. Um, you, you know, know I the, hate they're the a Celtics. Fucking Celtics team. I hate the Celtics. I, I, hope, uh, I hope that they lose, but I also hit, hope that the Nets lose, so, like, you know, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, the universe will not give us comic justice one way or the other. Um, but it, but in that sense, that it's it's good that I don't like either of these teams, because it just means yeah, I can enjoy, like, we good can, basketball. We, we can literally watch them bludgeon each other to death. We can watch their bloody rotted corpses oh limp God. into the second round. Yeah. This is, like, the most, like, in, intense, physical, like, defensive games I've watched in a while. <laughs> Yeah, do remember that the winner of the series gets to play Milwaukee in the next round. <laughs> God! <laughs> That's the 2-3. <two>, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is this is just like, yes, we're back in. It's playoff basketball, baby. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, w- what else do you say you watched? You watched Warriors uh, Nuggets, right? I watched Warriors Nuggets, and I had said to you... I think mm-hmm. I said to you, like, I feel like this series is going to go to six games, and I, I think the Warriors will win, but I, I would absolutely buy people, like, thinking the Nuggets could win. I definitely wouldn't bet against Jokic. And then I watched the first the first um, game, and I was just like, oh, no, we were watching the team that won, or, like, went to five straight finals and won three of them. Like, yeah, yeah. it just felt um, like that team was back and I hadn't seen them since the 2019 playoffs, but they were here and ready to just like fucking put the torch to dudes. Yeah, exactly. So, so like my line was, if there is any player in the damn league who can look at Nikola Jokic and go like Emmy a voice, I would just simply deal with it. Um, <laughs> it's Draymond Green who can is somehow like down six inches on Jokic and will still manage to be able to stay in front of him. Um, Okay, there are moments where Jokic just simply bullies people. Like there are moments where Kevon Looney, who was the biggest player in the Warriors, like main rotation, um, was just getting moved. Like Jokic could bully him and dunk on his face. Mm -hmm. Those were rare enough because they didn't let Jokic get position. They were helping really aggressively. They would double when he did make moves. Mm. And they are smart enough to recover because, like, yeah, you're worried about Jokic picking you apart with passing, but, like, the Warriors are the one team who are both, like, equipped with Looney, Draymond, with the bodies to deal with the physicality somewhat, but then also recover and, like, not be torn to shreds by the passing. Yeah. And it was just, like, I had that in my head. It's, like, if there's any team that I think has the combination of personnel and scheme to, like contain Jokic running an offense single-handedly. It's probably Phoenix, because Aiton is the best one-on-one option, and they yeah. are also a very well-drilled team. Golden State's right there. Like, they're similarly excellent at it. Um, I, di- I didn't... I didn't think that they could do it because of the size thing. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. well, obviously yeah, Draymond sense. is one of the best defensive player. Is probably the best defensive player in the league right now, one of the best ever. Uh, like, I was just like, but he's... shorter than Jokic is like he shouldn't be able to (laughs) yeah literally giving up six inches so the the thing that I noticed was um they were forcing the the action to move really high up on the floor Uh um they very very rarely left uh Jokic in a position where he'd be able to like use physicality to get advantages they were forcing him to be a sort of like high post hub which Mm. is a very very different sort of proposition a different problem to like you let him like sit in the block and bully people 
Like, yes, he can pick you apart because he's obviously got incredible vision. He can score from out there as well. Like, sometimes he will simply take a step back three and drain it. And like, okay, you'll live with those. Right. But yeah, like fronting really aggressively, doubling whenever he, um, whenever he actually t- tried to drive out, forcing him out, um, simply meant that like they could keep the play in front of them and their backline help is so good. I'd like, I, I cannot emphasize how much watching people who know what they n- know, what they're talking about, talk about the Warriors defense has like improved my understanding of basketball immeasurably. Yeah. Cause they are so, so good at preemptively understanding what the threats are and dealing with them. Like, Either that's pre-switching, getting the right plays on the right matchups, mm-hmm. or it's um, yeah, doubling and fronting really aggressively. Um, well, and again, yeah, we haven't talked about the Warriors' off- offense at all because they literally picked them apart. But like, this was the problem. It was like, can the Warriors guard Jokic? And the answer is yes so far. Well, and and like some of the Warriors' best defense against Jokic was their offense. Um, I mm-hmm. yeah, I turned the game off um, with six minutes left in the fourth because like it was it was a wrap, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, like, but even in the third, like Jokic is in the best condition of his life. He's in MVP yeah. shape. Um, and. Man, you make a seven foot two dude like play in space like that, and he's fucking tired. <laughs> he can't fucking do it. Like we've talked so much, like the the a massive part of the MVP case for him this year is that even compared to an MVP year last year, his defense is better. Like that's true. The numbers are like wacky and all over the place because he has literally no backup and no supporting cast meaningfully. Mm-hmm. So like it, they make him look like an, an absurdly impactful defender, but like he just can't handle it in space. Like. It's particularly when you get the three guard lineups. Like Steph and Clay on the court together are a massive problem for any team to deal with. Yeah. The problem becomes even worse when you put Jordan Poole on the same at the same time because it means that they can't even like scram people out or like body up people individually. Like they have to stick with people who are stuck to the wings. Um, which means that yeah, you will just get Steph coming off a of curl and like just like using Jokic as a traffic cone. It's really unfortunate but like yeah this is the limitation of having like literally a plodding seven footer as the best defensive hub in the league like he can't defend in space and they're they're, they're kind of ripping to shreds i did not watch any regular season warriors and i know that um a lot of people who have have been really high on jordan Poole. um (coughs) i am a person who's like really high on tyrese maxi and like a half joking oh my god he's so good um half like not joking way like i think he's really amazing and i also am like oh i'm slightly overhyping like our third best player um <laughs> and i thought that's what i thought that's what uh warriors fans were doing where they're like oh i really like my guy and i know he's the third best player but also i really like my guy and i watched him last night and i was like oh jordan pool is different <laughs> yeah no jordan pool might be cj like not even kidding. He's got positional size. He's got an incredible handle. He's got a really flexible shot and he can streak past people because he's lightning fast. Like that's the thing he has over CJ. He's got like yeah. genuine straight line burst. He's not got quite the same like shot refinement as CJ does. Like CJ will drain stuff in the mid range of the dribble that like pretty much no one else not named Steph can or Katie or whoever CP take a pick of ex- like ridiculous snipers. But like, that's the sort of level of score we're talking about. Like 22 a game on good plus efficiency with a very flexible shot who can yeah. fit next to Steph and defend his, the, the two guard position really well. Like that's a, uh, it's not an all-star, but it's like 
an extremely, extremely useful player for a team that's trying to win a title. Like, that's that's absurd to just, like, pick up off, not quite off the scrappy, but, like, at the bottom of the first round and, like, figure out that's what you've got in your hands. Yeah, I, um, I was just so impressed by him. I was, my, like... And I don't know, maybe he's not going to be able to drop 30 every night. I don't I don't think he's going to average 30, you know. No, but, um, but he could average 20, like he did during the last part of the regular season. He um, could average 20, and he could have a couple games where well, he He's, he's he a gives fucking flamethrower. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the, the, the whole idea of the three-guard lineup is that the threat is, like, you can take two of them out the game, but taking a third out is near impossible. Like, you will find one good matchup somewhere, like the guy who cannot follow Clay off screens, or... You could like have to defend the 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 the, the on ball action with three plays that leaves Jordan Poole one on one with a good matchup somewhere else, or like you try and stay home on everyone, but then that means Steph's got an advantage because he always has an advantage if you defend him one on one. Like that the the problem isn't so much that like he's an incredible advantage like advantage maker everywhere. It's that like it gives the the opponents like one fewer places to just like rest and chill out. Like mm. a lineup that looks like Steph Clay. Jordan Poole, probably Wiggins, uh, Draymond. Like your 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 least threatening offensive option is it's not Draymond because he will either screen or pass you to death if you sag off him. It's probably Andrew Wiggins, and we're still talking about a guy who's like forty percent from three. So <laughs> yeah, you don't want Andrew Wiggins like being a creator, but like you cannot hide people in those sorts of lineups. It means if you've got defensive er- like not errors, if you've got defensive holes like. This Warriors teams will find them and pick them apart. And that's a new thing. Like, they didn't mm. used to be a very good matchup hunting team because they always had, like, either an incredible on-ball action with Stefan Draymond to bail them out or a KD jumper to bail them out. They need something new now. But, like, the yeah. something new might just be, like, they have a third guard who can rip the the worst defensive option they can find on the on their court to shreds. Well, and, like, you know, the other thing that I I just started to think about is that, like, Last night, I I could very easily see the Warriors getting to the conference finals. I don't yeah, yeah. like. I just like. I had questions about Steph's health. I had questions about like Clay. Um, and, and who knows? Those might still be like issues. You know, Clay might like start feeling rough or whatever might happen. Um, but I started to like understand. Like, oh no, this team has still got it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. And I think, like, even if even if these playoffs don't go well for them, they go out in round two or three, um, like, I just remembered, like, oh, right, James Weissman might come back next season. <laughs> yeah, like, Jonathan Kaminga isn't in the rotation, um, and he should be at some point soon. Um, like, they have the tools to either go out and get a guy or yeah. let the guys that they have on the back end of their roster turn into useful pieces. In the same way Jordan Poole just, like, turned from a guy who was like just about scraping through bad playing matchups last year mm. to like 30 minutes on a like a conference finals team this year this this team has got like has just been scary good at like player development over the past decade <laughs> it's it's bizarre like they they're a franchise like they shouldn't be this lucky continually like they should have to like oh, oh like okay to be fair like they did have a run of like back end of the lottery picks not back end of the lottery back end of the first round picks that didn't work out mm. but like they have come right again and figured out like both like pretty much nailing that them recent drafts okay wiseman accepted wiseman has not been good and he might still be just out indefinitely but like 
the major swings that they've taken um, have broadly work it, worked out. Like Otto Porter is a very good piece. They've fixed Andrew Wiggins. Jordan Poole <laughs> is like incredible found money. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I like, I think that this is like just a much better team than I thought they could be again after 2019. Um, I almost yeah. wonder if it's like good that like, Steph and Clay were out for so long because it like you know players who players who needed time to develop had a lot of time to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like the, you make, I don't think they ever wanted to be like stuck in a treadmill for uh, quite as long as they were. And like mm. Steph is closer to regression area that you might that you might want. Like the the, the down shooting this year is like a worry long term. Like that's just like always going to be a thing if he's not a ridiculous like 10 percent above the uh, league efficiency scorer then like okay then that that's the worst player than the, the the guy he was three years ago yeah but man he's still very fucking good <laughs> <laughs> oh. it, it is so um, the 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 stuff like not shooting well this season um obviously we're only one game in i have wondered a couple times like is that a like regular season thing? Like, not that he's not trying, but that like he's when he's a little more focused right. on yeah. the playoffs, where he's like, "This is a do or die thing." I've been wondering if it would come back. Um, yeah, seemed back last I mean, night. Fun- fundamentally, I don't have any doubts. Like Steph is so bulletproof in so many ways. I don't doubt. Yeah, Steph having like as many injuries as he's had, and still being like this good at the age he is, is just bananas. <laughs> I mean, I mean, LeBron is doing stupid things at age 38 and Steph isn't quite at that age yet. Um, I, I, like, I think of Steph's like early career being much more injury prone than LeBron oh, yeah, ever this, was this until the like the last two or three years. Yeah. The, the comp is like Chris Paul. Like if Steph is doing not, is Steph is doing number two on a title challenging team in three years time would be thinking about him as like having done something genuinely extraordinary right now he's just like just one of the best 33 odd year olds you're going to ever find in basketball history yeah um so So. we did we talk about the two games you watched you watch any others um the other one i watched was I, i caught the second half of the um uh, uh, Hawks Cavs, which one I hadn't watched Evan Mobley at all. Like I say, just mm. didn't really watch the regular season. When I did re- watch the regular season, I certainly wasn't watching fucking Cavs games. Are you kidding? <laughs> Evan you Mobley know, blew really, me away. Um, yeah. the, I, I'm imagining Autumn's thought process being, I really do want to see how those three big lineups are working out in Cleveland. Yeah, that's absolutely a thing you'd say to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... Yeah, Evan Mobley was fucking good, and I'd I'd heard. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who people are voting for Rookie of the Year. I know he's been getting um, consideration. I just like watching him in that play-in game where it was like a do or die thing. I was like, oh damn, okay. Um, and then I because I had only watched the second half of that Hawks Cavs game, I missed the part where Trey only got like two points in the first half. I just tuned in yeah. for the se- for the thirty six in the second half. Um, yeah, he he kind of went off. Playoff Trey is scary, dude. <laughs> yeah, so the, the thing that's happened today is Heat Hawks, which was less ideal, I'll, I'll say. Um, let me pull up the... The the, the score was not great. 
No. Uh, where is it hiding? Um, here we go. What was Trey's stat line? Um, he got eight points in 28 minutes. Let's see if I can pull up a full box score for that one. Because uh, it wasn't particularly pretty. He went one for 12 from the field. Um, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus 22 in 28 minutes. Um, he couldn't guard anyone. Like, no one at all. Um, and like, yeah, Miami might be one of the best possible defenses for not containing him because she's always going to get like a half step to get into those like ridiculous mid-range flows. And he's always just going to be able to bomb. But like, nah, he's not going to be able to just like dance to easy points in the same way that like, I remember him in the, against Philly last year in the playoffs where like he was getting switches onto Tobias Harris and just cooking him like mm-hmm. for breakfast. Whereas now he's being switched from Kyle Lowry onto PJ Tucker. Like there is no easy option against this Miami defense. And this is the thing I was always worried about. Like the Hawks seem like a very easy team to flatten out if you can get anything into Trey. Like some yeah. teams cannot get anything into Trey. I think Miami will have a very easy time containing the sorts of Hawks offense. And like he's an open sore on defense. I just the 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 Miami team just continues to like confuse me where like this is still the same core as that 2021 finals game 2021 no no it wasn't 2021 this is the same core as that 2020 finals team um mm-hmm. they're the number 1 seed in the east and i still am just like i don't Who's i don't see good it here? Yeah, that like the two through four seeds are just like objectively better teams. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, this is the thing in terms of a regular season team. I think only Phoenix is one that you can well, maybe Golden State. You can say he's like more talented in slots like two through five, maybe mm-hmm. like if you're if your next players up are Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, probably then Duncan Robinson, like that is like, in terms of the sorts of talent you can put out on the floor together. Yeah, Milwaukee's got better stars, but they'll be stuck with a really bad fifth player. Um, like the the Nets, like drop off a cliff once you get past the big two. Um, Philly will like probably have a non-shooter or a, like a a weakness at their fifth spot. Like mm-hmm. their depth is absurd. Like genuinely, they've been the the whole thing about particularly Spo's case for coach of the year this season is they found players like undrafted in the G League and just turned them into like starting level contributors. And if like some of their their pieces hit in any given game, like this was a game where Tyler Hero scored six, but Duncan Robinson scored, scored twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, like they just need someone to have it any given night, and they will like be competitive. And the defense is where they're special. The defense, because Bam is a defensive player of the year candidate. He's not on the shortlist this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is two. Um, <laughs> it's two perimeter players plus Rudy Gobert. So if it's not the narrative award, it's Rudy Gobert. Um, he's he probably should go to Rudy Gobert, but like you know. But yeah, Bam's a defensive player of the year candidate. I don't want it to happen either. But you know, um, Rudy Gobert is a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little timeout. Rudy Gobert, everyone hates. Um, is a dickhead <laughs> fucking played around with COVID shiver at the start of the pandemic and then proceeded to get the league suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, 
single-handedly, effectively. Um, yeah. His own co-star can't stand the sight of him. Um, they eat lunch together and, sometimes. Yeah. Um, and yes, is immensely impactful defensively, and then will get picked to, to pick to pieces when it actually matters. Like Rudy Gobert is going to be one of the most decorated, like milk toast pieces of shit that said this this legal ever see. Um, it's very <laughs> sad. I just like. Like Dwight Howard, similar like number uh-huh. of defensive player of the years. He was also like immensely effective offensively to the point where he could carry a bad Orlando team to a good good playoff finishes. Rudy Gobert is not doing Dwight Howard things. Like we we need to get this one straight. Rudy Rudy Gobert, I just don't think the like blocking shots equals like good defense. I, oh, I like, mean like I hmm. I think the blocked shots contribute to, but I don't think like people are like oh he's a one like he by himself like elevates a mid defense to a good defense and i don't i don't buy it because like hmm. you can just like he just you can't get him out on the perimeter like 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 he can only play inside and i don't think that actually like i think there's just a limit <laughs> to the value of that in the playoffs and he's a yeah. bad offensive player <laughs> yeah i, so, I mean <laughs> There is so much going on because, like, factually, no one in the regular season was routinely picking the defense apart, despite them being trash when he wasn't on the court. Like, he was pretty much single-handedly, single-handedly keeping them afloat. But when, as soon as anyone starts like scheming for this Utah team, like they're going to beat him up. Um, that's what happened last year. I'm fully expecting it will happen this year. Yeah. And then on the second side is like he's ridiculously efficient as an offensive player. He's not hurting a very, very good of- offense. But also, he's not contributing in positively in any meaningful way. Like, I think he will just get found out in the playoffs every single time. The problem is, like, the regular season where people are not scheming for him and Utah having this, like, four-out system where he will just, like, dunk on people's faces f- until the end of time um, mm-hmm. is going to make him look better than he is in terms of value, um, which is unfortunate because, like, we can't talk about, like, Cat or DeAndre Ayton or, indeed, Bam as, like other really excellent centers who are actually like potentially really viable high upside players in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, that was the Rudy Gobert d- diversion. Please. Um, if anyone sees Rudy Gobert, try give him a swirly. I doubt it will work. He's quite big. But- <laughs> speaking, speaking though quickly of defensive player of the year, I just wanted to like, I was listening to a podcast um, last week and they were like, it's really annoying that Draymond like only played 46 games because if he yeah. played like 60 to 65, we could just all give it to him and no one would have exactly. to think about it. <laughs> but the problem is like he did only play half the season, but his half the season was like being the the anchor of the best defense in the league by such a wide margin that I just kind of think he should get it anyway. Like he was quite clearly the most outstanding player on the defensive end of the season. Um, yeah. I don't like, know if that'll earn him votes, but you know. Yeah, I... I it's one of those things where, like, the MVP, like, is pretty significantly Im- impacted by, like, how many games you played. And so I understand why Defensive Player of the Year is, too. But also, like, I'm willing to grant Draymond, like, some slack of, like, oh, yeah, sure, he played fewer games. But, like, we all know he's, like, one of the best defensive players ever. And this was, like, when he was on the court one of his best defensive seasons so like exactly like if if we look back on the season and we don't talk about how good Draymond Green was then we're doing something wrong that's that's the point yeah 
Um, um, how old is Draymond now? Thirty-five. Oh, Jesus. No, no, no. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. I, the, where did where did the thirty-five come from? He was picked thirty-fifth in the second round of the draft. <laughs> you saw a number in the thirties and panic. Yeah. Thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That makes sense. Yeah. <sighs> um. Okay, we got to we got to talk about the boy, the absolute boy. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most like astonishing like not playoff debuts because he was around last year but he wasn't like leaned on at all last year he went 14 for 21 and a bunch of those misses were just him like trying to get to 40 at the end of the end of the game he scored 38 points 38 points in 38 minutes he single-handedly like put the sword in against a very, very good Raptors defense and did it all while like looking like he was having the fucking time of his life. Yeah. Um, That's the, 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 (laughs) I've been listening to a lot of Sixers podcasts and I've been like very inundated with how, um, dysfunctional the end of the season has been for this team with, you know, Doc yelling at, uh, reporters and, 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 James Harden just playing like shit and seeming checked out, which, wow, big fucking surprise. Um, <laughs> um, all that to say that, like, um, it is, it was, I, unfortunately, I was at work and I could not catch the, the Sixers Raptors game, but like seeing like Maxi like have a big game, it's just like, oh, he's like, the fun he's like the life that the team needs right now yeah, i think like, like joel Embiid is many many things including an absolute right to watch but he's not going to be like bouncy or you know he will chat so much shit but he's also not going to like have the the like you know just there's a difference when it's a young player like a really genuinely young player and tyrese maxi is genuinely young and it's also like better when they're small and mm-hmm. like just absolutely like clowning on people with pace and athleticism rather than like putting them in a putting them in the basket like stylistically you just need the like i don't know it's a different it's a speed and athleticism and power is it as opposed to like power and strength thing to just like yeah. show out and yeah it's just makes it fun visually like we were so ready for like harden mb to like parade to the free throw line and that being how this team won which mm-hmm. would be depressing and probably lull them all to sleep. And like, no, no, we actually have one of the most fun guys in the league who is lightning fast, um, who has just discovered that he's also like a, a, a ridiculous... Um, he went five for eight from three this game. Um, yeah, it, 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 impossible to guard, and he's going to be a full first ballot Hall of Famer. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... Um... I think we have, like, it's, this is such a weird team, just, like, attitude-wise. We traded, like, toxic-ass Ben Simmons for, like, toxic-ass James Harden. Um, (laughs) I don't, the the vibes around, like, Doc Rivers, like, just rancid vibes. Rancid vibes. And I'm just so glad we have Maxi, and I'm so glad, like, when he can actually fucking be at the games... We have um, Matisse Thibault because I think I think Matisse is like so much fun. Um, yeah, 
and, again, and, just like someone who is doing fun things that pop, like no one else is like making ridiculous like shot blocks from behind like Matisse's. No one else is. This like, is like like making ridiculous steals like he is. Yeah. When I when I mentioned like oh if I, if you take like Jalen Brown over Jimmy Butler like you lose a little chaos on the defensive end. I think Matisse yeah. Thybulle is like the most beautiful chaotic on the defensive end like guy. <laughs> Yeah, I just, like, that's he's probably not as effective a defender as a lot more players who are a lot more boring to watch. But it doesn't matter because he will just get you some like ridiculous plays every once in a while. And that's just worth it, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, him. So, yeah. How did the Sixers win this game? Because it wasn't Embiid and Harden. Like, Harden had 14 assists. Yeah, 14 assists. He distributed really well. And the thing, again, like I think, watching people who know what they're talking about, watch the Sixers team. Harden is a pressure point even if he's not at risk for like going for 40 with step backs and like undeniable drives in the th- into the lane mm-hmm. because he will he consistently freezes defenders and forces help in a way that like this team has never had before and that doesn't always mean that he's in a position to score but he does well, he does put others in a position to score by like having incredible distribution and still being enough of a threat himself and there were so many times when it was just like Harden freeze like through the legs, dribble, through the legs, dribble, freeze defender, freeze defender, freeze defender. And then he just pings it to the corner shooter. And if that's George Yang, and in this case, Tobias Harris, who just like had a really good game, they just shoot off the catch. And like suddenly those, those, um, those attempts are like significantly more open than they used to be. Or it's the, the freeze defender, throw it to Terry's Max, if he gets half a step on his defender. And then it's like, he's just scoring the rim, he's scoring the floater. Like, the the ability to create tiny seams that the Sixers can actually exploit is just a thing that we haven't had consistently before. Like, I know it doesn't look like it from the, the stat line, but I think Harden was, like, completely crucial to the Sixers succeeding in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, which well, is, like, I wasn't expecting to say that, but yeah. It, it's still so weird to say this. I still, um... I still just, like fundamentally like deep down in my heart like don't want to be rooting for james harden but um (laughs) as i have been like a little nervous about the sixers raptors matchup um (laughs) one of the things i've been worried about is harden's health and i've just been like okay i don't know that like even if harden isn't the second best player in this series i really hope he can come through with like one crazy like James Harden in Houston, like, 50-point game <laughs> yeah. or whatever that looks effortless. Uh, no, no James Harden 50-point game looks effortless. It looks like he's... <laughs> anyway. You know how many triples it took together, yeah. <laughs> um, all that to say that, like, it is really reassuring that, like, we could get such a, like, sound win with, like... Harden still playing good and Harden playing good not having to mean he drops 50, you know? Exactly, yeah. That's exactly the thing. Well, like, genuinely, like, Harden at the, like, lead ball handler slot, Maxi. I know, like, that would normally be the one, but, like, they've just reversed it in terms of size. Like, Harden at the lead ball handler handler slot, Tyrese is the, like, uh, like, off-ball scorer, makes so much sense and also means that Harden doesn't need to be the every down, like, drive to the rim, like, finish through contact guy. And he, he will try to do that, and he is, still isn't looking great when he does that. Like, there were so many times where he got stripped on the way to the basket or got blocked because he just can't elevate in the way he wants to. But, like, 
In terms of genuinely, I say this, say this, well, cringing while saying it, but yeah, reducing Harden's role sufficiently so that he isn't overtaxed, relying on MB to be a solo scorer, relying on Maxi to be an advantage scorer, relying on Tobias to be an advantage scorer. Like, that as a team concept genuinely makes sense if everyone else turns up. Um, we can't always rely on that because Maxi's played out of his skin for 38 points and uh-huh. Tobias Harris had one of his most, like, decisive and like productive games in a very long time but you know it's a it's a theory of the case that works um and it worked for a blowout in this game so even if they're up against better opposition they'll probably still put up a pretty good fight against whatever gets thrown their way if they look like this it's not going to be a guarantee but like it's hope can we talk briefly about how um being a sixers fan turns you into a psychotic person oh by all means by all means so, do you remember going into the bubble before Ben got hurt when, like, we were all making a, a big fucking deal about, oh, Brett Brown is moved Ben to the four and Shake Milton is our point guard now. And we were all like, oh, watch out, League. We got fucking Shake Milton as the point guard. We were all, yeah, like, I, bought in on Shake Milton. <laughs> I absolutely remember Shake Milton uh, playoff point guard. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> And now we have James Harden in that role, and all we could do is like, man, this is James Harden. I don't know about all this. <laughs> yeah, like we we turned, oh my God, we turned a guy who made all of our fits a problem into James Harden, who facilitates everyone else showing out. And then we also got found. Um, does everyone know about the Mike Muscala like? Like how we ended up with Tyrese Maxey. No, I don't. I don't even know. I just assumed we took him in the draft. So we did take him in the draft, but Scala, uh, I'm gonna try and like find the explanation. So, in the I think the um, yeah, <laughs> just I want I want to get this right. Um, the. Uh, I think the deal that sent, um, yeah, Markel Fultz from the Sixers to the Magic involved a protected pick of some sort, um, which depended on whether uh, the Thunder was in some convoluted way ended up resulting in, it mattered whether the Thunder made it into the play-in or not and therefore into the lottery. <laughs> in a completely, like, bullshit, meaningless game for a 10th seed, Mike Muscala, former Sixer, um, hit a three-pointer in the last second um, to get the Thunder a play-in spot and therefore send a pick to the Sixers, and therefore we drafted Tyrese Maxey. Like, completely nonsense conditions. <laughs> um, under Sixers, a 20-fast pick, which they turned into a guy who's now, like, a 38-point scorer in a playoff game, like... Everyone in Philadelphia and myself in, myself as honorary Philadelphian should <laughs> buy Mike Muscala shirts and wear them with pride for the rest of eternity. Um, <laughs> he has earned us, like, you know, the, the unwavering joy that is Tyrese Maxey. Um, I just... We, as a fan base, are just crazier i think than other people are (laughs) we just like take a guy like maxi 21st in the draft and just like latch onto him so much and 
just by by sheer force of wanting Maxi to be this guy, I have transformed Maxi into uh, yeah. dropping thirty eight in the playoffs. I mean, to be honest, he might be the guy. Like, I know there are flaws in his game, but like his shot is real. His shot is here, and it's real. Um, he was always an incredible driver. Like, I would love for him to be able to finish the contest a bit more because he's really relying on a floater. That's not ideal, but like now, nah, like he might just be Mike Conley. <laughs> Like, that's legit. Like, okay, maybe not the defender that Mike Conley is, but like you know, he he might be that kind of guy. Um, you you in, don't in, you don't need to be the defender that Mike Conley is when uh, you have Joel Embiid and Matisse Thybulle on your team. Yeah, so this is the thing we haven't talked once about Joel Embiid, who just had a very quiet and very efficient and defensively exceptional game, and that's all you all you could possibly ask for. He didn't yeah. take a single jump shot. Was the thing I heard on one of the podcasts I listened to today. Um, no. Joel Embiid, master of the, like, face-up, um, mid-range, like, literally the guy who scores more, like, uh, like, deep baseline, well, is it, like, le- uh, left-side baseline jumpers than anyone else in the league. Just didn't take any because he was just getting duck-ins and, um, like, receiving, uh, like, the ball on the roll. He just, he was scoring in other ways. Just didn't need to take jump shots because that wasn't what was being offered to him. Um... For all of this, we the the there was a whole thing about why this would was going to be a brutal season, uh, uh, not season series, like why this would be the one that would go to seven, and the reasons were we thought Toronto's defensive scheme would be able to get them out of jail against Embiid in the post, mm-hmm. and we thought that um, they would be able to switch most of the actions and keep the Sixers in front of them. Um, we also thought that they'd probably be able to cook either Embiid or uh, Tobias Harris off the switches. The third one definitely isn't happening because Scotty Barnes is, yes, a decent on-ball creator, but wasn't cooking anyone and then got injured. And Fred Van Vliet just did not have it. He could not be uh, Tobias on switches, which is genuinely new. Like, if Tobias is a good defender, like, he got shredded by Trey last year. If he's not getting shredded by Trey-level creators this year, then that's a very, very good thing. Like, yeah. Fred Van Vliet is not Trey, but, you know, that's a... That's to, a to, Tobias is, like, the weirdest player on our team where sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, Tobias, our, like, fourth best player. He's fine, I guess. I like Tobias. And sometimes it's like he shows up and it's like, damn, he's, like, 26, he's plus 17. Like, okay, damn, Tobias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Like, He's like an important part of our team. I love that guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it, like, has the capacity to be like an incredible two-way player, like a genuinely useful body on defense. And especially because like Embiid is so often caught either up on the floor or just like he's the only other big person on the on the side. Like he has to do a lot of the big man work, a lot of the dirty work, which was not what he used to be doing. He used to be a three, and he used to be a scorer. Um, mm-hmm. And now he's being like a switch defender and a rebounder and a dirty thingser um, and then like an advantage <laughs> taker. And I mean it. Like th- th- no one else on this team bar like Danny Green is capable of doing like transition defense or, you know, um, picking like boxing out. Like it's just not a thing we can do. Oh, there was another thing. Toronto like get obscene amounts of offensive rebounds. And just, like, for some reason, this was the game where, like, Toronto could not get an offensive rebound whatsoever. Like, the Sixers just figured out how to, like, not get beaten up in the glass. Um, And, yeah, like, in every situation, like, Embiid just simply didn't hang on to the ball on the post at all. He passed out first and found advantages. Um, 
Switch has turned into some marginal advantages for um, Maxi and Harris that they took advantage of, or they didn't switch and they froze the help and turned into advantage situations for Maxi and Harris. Like, every single thing that could have gone right for the Sixers in this game went right. That won't happen every single time, but, like, this is kind of one where, like, uh, if these are the structural things in the in the series, like, the, the Raptors can't beat them up on the glass and they can't take advantage of the switches. And the Sixers can scram past the scheme. Like, yeah, that's kind of it. Like, we yeah. can go home now. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> know what? Um, you mentioned him and I I, I, I... I like Danny Green as a player. Um, yeah. I haven't, like seen him be great as a sixer but i like him as a player i think he's like a good like piece of this team um hopefully he's not like too far past his prime um i was watching brooklyn and thinking man i wish we still had seth curry (laughs) yeah yeah to be honest like one of the the few things we might be able to get back to in this iteration of the sixes is like your worst defender is probably james harden and he's still strong enough to not be bullied in the post Hmm. in which case like having Seth on the court is like even worse than Maxi and Harden is like a really obvious defensive sort of pick on. Um, yeah. I do yeah. not envy. Danny Green like plays much better defense than Seth Curry for sure. He's just like a, just like orders better. Um, and like, he's still going to jack threes. Like he might be kind of cooked in other ways, but yeah, he's going to jack. Um, so yeah, like I, a willing shooter who still needs to be guarded and then isn't, a, like a festering hole <laughs> the other way <laughs> I think is about all you can ask for and then like yeah off the bench you've got like a passable backup guard in Shake Milton um, you're in rotation with Terry's Max uh, sorry with Matisse Thibel who is like chaos agent like downgrade offensively but like is smart enough I think to not be like completely taken advantage of and Beeble Paul um, if you've been listening to Sixers podcast I'm guessing you've heard them screaming about Doc's usage of Beeble Paul I, I I have heard a lot of screaming about uh, Millsap and, and DeAndre Jordan both, which... Yeah, the backup center situation is a deal. Yeah. Um, I, for anyone who isn't, like, completely ensconced in the bowels of, of Sixers nerd them, um, uh, erstwhile, I will use as the adjective, Sixers beat writer Derek Bodner asked a very gentle question, which was something on the lines of, hey, it looks like in the last games of the regular season that you want to use uh, Paul Reed, former G League MVP Paul Reed, um, <laughs> as one of, the, uh, one of the backup center options in the playoffs. Would it not have been good to use him a bit more in the regular season, given that instead you played Paul Millsap and DeAndre Jordan, both of whom are completely cooked? And uh, um, Doc's answer was, I actually played him. No. (laughs) Um, You don't know what you're talking about. Um, I think the secret bit of the answer that actually is going to be the case is we'll do it on matchups and Toronto don't have any big bigs. So we'll use our smaller big, which is Paul Reed. Yeah. Which I get. It makes sense. But like, man, like surely they could have been able to, you know, play a little bit more with a guy who they are going to be relying on in the playoffs. Who knows? And also not get cooked unnecessarily in DJ minutes. That would have been that would have been useful. The the my my favorite um, Sixers podcast I've been listening to is called You Know Ball. It's hosted by a guy who's at Trill Bro Dude, um, which is cringe <laughs> to say because I'm uh, cringe. Anyway, um, like that guy's just been like, man, if DJ like 
it has two minutes on the floor in a playoff game. We're losing that game. Like DeAndre Jordan is not an NBA player. That's like where like the Sixers fans who I'm like, like the most dedicated Sixers fans who I follow are at is like DeAndre Jordan is not an NBA player anymore. No, he kind of isn't. Um, the MP coach's decision though, for both him and Paul Millsap. So, you know, you know, um, I just, I don't like being in a situation where um, one of Doc's like better decisions as a coach is stop playing the guys he keeps liking, he keeps loving to play. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this is the, this is the long time thing with Doc. Like, we knew this was always going to happen. There've been, there've been the jokes about like finding the centers that the like are the comfort blankets for Doc, and like it was always going to happen. I'm glad that he's figured it out for this series, at least. Like, we wait to see if it's a Miami matchup and there's like, oh, Bam is someone you need a bigger body on. And, like, we'll find out. Um, I doubt that's going to be particularly effective. I also don't think that, like, Paul Reed is some fucking world beater. It's not like we're sitting on a secretly a, um, like, a defensive player of the year candidate. But no, we're right. sitting on at least, like, a possible energy guy. And that's yeah, better we- than DeAndre Jordan, who is a sim- similarly a traffic coach. <laughs> Yeah, we just need a guy who can be out there when Joel needs to sit. Yeah. That's all yeah. we need. And the whole story last time, last time round was like the last time Sixers had a genuine title contender, they got torched whenever Joel Embiid was not on the floor. Like absolutely, absolutely shredded. Um, famous thing was the Toronto series where he was up a bill, he was plus a billion when on the court for forty-four minutes, and the other four minutes they lost nine points or something. And like that can happen. That can happen. Teams go on a run because like the potential like all defensive team guy is not on the court anymore that makes sense but yeah, yeah you know not getting cooked when um when uh, our best player isn't on the court is a hard thing to figure out but sometimes you have decent options there you go <sighs> basketball i love it so, so much fucking good. it's so fucking good oh um, oh uh, real quick one other thing that we hadn't talked about but you and i had talked about but mm-hmm. we haven't said on the pod um speaking of just like being a Sixers fan, turning you into a crazy person. Um, every time during this Brooklyn game that Ben would be on the broadcast, yes, I just felt like genuine loathing. Like I just felt like I wanted to boo at my computer. I was just like, "Fuck you." He fucking has an unsitting in Gucci sunglasses on a sideline. Like, nah, my dude, come on, come um, on. You sat out an entire season. How fucking Ben Simmons age? Oh my god! Who is he? Twenty four, twenty five. He's twenty five. He's missed two seasons at age twenty five. One of those is like for like injury shit. Like I get it, I but he's twenty five. <laughs> Just needs to be better than this, frankly. I don't know. I, I'm waiting he could be Brooklyn. one of the best players in the league. He could be a top 10 player if he fucking showed up. <laughs> oh, I hate him. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, this is the thing now. We've got a different set of problems to deal with, and it's so refreshing to have a set of problems which are, like, not about the, like, psychology of a guy who just seems like a bit of a fucking arsehole. Like, <laughs> dealing with James Harden is, a, an, like, an annoyance sometimes, but, like... Now I'm never going to complain if like, okay, the, the problem that we have is James Harden is slightly cooked. That's a mm-hmm. depressing problem to have, but it's not a sort of like at the level of your soul infuriating problem in the same way that like dealing with a basketball team that's putting their hopes on the back of fucking Ben Simmons is. Like, we just don't need to do that anymore. We, we can move on. 
I, he's still a great player, but oh my god, I'm so I'm so glad we're done with him now. <laughs> Truly. Truly, I need. I didn't know I had this demon in me that needed to like be let out until I like <laughs> saw him on the yeah. Nets bench in Gucci shades, and I was just like, oh, I hate him. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Anything on the uh, other series you want to touch on? Because we're we're currently watching Milwaukee predictably like going going out to a decent lead against Chicago. Um, we, I. I we, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched either of those things, but I just have been assuming Suns and four Milwaukee and four. I I think both of these teams are going to yeah, sweep. Suns is the late game. I don't think the Pelicans have much hope. I don't think Chicago has much hope either. Like they've got more quality, but like yeah, un- unless Milwaukee does some silly things as they sometimes want to do, I don't think that's gone very far. The, the, the one Bulls seem like very- a good team. Um, it's been fun like living here and like. Seeing people in like bulls gear, um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're a team to get excited about for the first time in forever, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. But but um, this this going four games, I I refuse to believe they're even going to get a game. <laughs> yeah. Um. The one series that I think we haven't talked about that you might want to like check back in on is Memphis Minnesota. Um. The Timberwolves stole a game at Memphis, so like they have home court advantage, having been the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Um. Anthony Edwards looks like a fucking murderer. Um, he'd like, he is in the, in a way that like, you know, they, the, people always like having a fight, like who owns this team? Like who runs this team? And he was less efficient than Carl Anthony Towns and, you know, didn't even, uh, like, um, that like had a worse plus minus, um, all, all that sort of thing. But the tone was set by Anthony Edwards, just like fucking going bananas and scoring pull-ups and dunking on people's faces and screaming whenever he wanted to. Um, he looks like a fucking crazy person in the best way. <laughs> and like an Anthony Edwards versus John Morant score fest just seems like a very, very good way for a series to go. These, t- these are teams that like Memphis is a better basketball team, but like Minnesota are annoying and they've improved so much and have the sort of like bullshit energy to just like, fuck with them enough that this is going to be a fun series um i i am rooting for for memphis just because like i think that is a team that has the potential to like be like a perennial playoff yeah. team and i want them totally, to get more totally. experience like yeah no because I, I would love I, I totally to be agree. in a situation where i'm watching them in the conference finals next year you know i i, I want to see ja do really well for a long time like that's the thing i want but like we've got a really interesting challenge for them right now which is Anthony yeah. Edwards, like, being fearless and scoring out of his mind and a decent team around him, um, including Cat, who is just, like, you know, going to bomb, going to, like, do useful things in the offensive hub. The, the That's just, like, a cool series that's going to just mean a lot of points and a lot of very, very good moments. Whenever Jar takes off, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just try to link it very quickly. I think Zeet's had it. Um, just... Uh, Zita Madu, who is one of the best, um, like, long-form writers in all sports for all contexts. Let me find the, the piece, mm-hmm. to be honest, though. Um, linked this. New York Times piece. Oh, fucking paywalls. Well, if you can find a way to get around the paywall, you can read this. It's a New York Times piece by Jonathan Abrams about what it's like to watch John Moran. Um, it just, I didn't see the whole thing because obviously it's behind a, behind a paywall but like 
every little clip I saw, every little screenshot was just like totally on point. Jamaran is the most exciting thing to watch in the NBA because he bounces like a fucking antelope. He like <laughs> just owns the air. Um, yeah, it's if you haven't watched Ja, go watch Ja. You just need to. It's Ja is making me feel similarly now to the way that Dame did in like 2018 when he was single-handedly running the best offense in the league. Same way that Steph did in 2016 and forever, where just like you know he's going to do something bullshit on with a pull-up three at any point or is liable to. Like just plays who make you just like intensely satisfied that you're watching a basketball game because you know they're just doing stuff that like looks inhuman and then is just like somehow like a thing that they do once every two well twice a quarter um mm. yeah good jazz good jazz good go watch jazz that's my message to everyone <laughs> um yeah the, the 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 playoffs are fucking fun this year um yeah. i i didn't um it's not that i watched no playoffs last year but i feel like i've already I feel like I'm already, like, more in it this year than I was last year. Um, and it's fun to have a new status quo where, like, I think the Suns and the Bucks are going to be back in the finals again, both of them. But, like, I don't know. Maybe Boston or the Nets could get past the Bucks. Uh, maybe, possibly, the Warriors could get past the Suns. Like, it feels fun, you know? And yeah. even if it's... Even if it's Bucks Suns again, like I think both of those teams would be a great like a great matchup to watch, you know? Yeah, and like, and this is the thing where like every single series feels like it has stakes most of the time. Where like even if it's a low lower rung series, we gotta see what they look like. Like Warriors Denver has stakes because we don't know how this Warriors team is actually gonna put it back together after a rough patch. Um mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, like maybe the the Phoenix the the Phoenix New Orleans series isn't going to have massive massive stakes, but like you know they've got to actually make it through the road bumps. Atlanta Miami is like a, a one seed who is offensively much shakier than they should be. Um, Brooklyn Boston is just a fucking slugfest. Um, Philly Toronto everyone has said should be a seven gamer. Um, every single series that matters like matters all the way from day one. And the standard of play is like rising to that level because everyone feels it, it feels like everyone knows that these all matter because it's so wide open relative to how it normally is. Whether it's like bar the Suns, there's usually a, like a, a couple of teams you can just tell are like playoff behemoths. You will you will not get past the the Golden State or Houston or Cavs team of whatever. Um, and like no, like now first round matchups matter, and the basketball is looking like it um, it should to match. Can I ask you? Can I ask you two quick questions that are definitely premature? Like definitely too early to ask these questions. Absolutely. Um, Will Zion uh, play for New Orleans next year? Yes, I think he he will. hmm. All the rumblings were really disconcerting, but more on a this might be a long term injury problem front than a I think he actually wants out front. like the leverage was always like I think a uh, a uh, uh, like slightly overblown. Not in terms of like he got out of the city and needed to get away from the team and wasn't brought in. Like quite clearly, that was not a team that was in a good place. But like they have enough talent where he's going to at least attempt to play with them in the future. But more than that, more than that, like they are the ones who can pay him the ridiculous money. Like I don't see any world where he's not just like taking that specifically because he's so injury prone. 
The thing I'm really worried about is just like his his knees could just give out in the next three years, which will be fucking miserable because mm-hmm. we got a half season of him being like one of the best point forwards we've ever seen, um, like potential easy top ten player as a twenty whatever year old. It will be so miserable if he didn't get back to those heights. I think there's a decent chance he doesn't get back to those heights, which is would be really sad. But I think he at least attempts yeah. to do it on the on the um on the pals sooner rather than later. Other other question that it's definitely too early to ask. Do you think Donovan Mitchell is going to play for the Utah Jazz next year? Oh, dear God. Do you do you think that he plays even one game for the Utah Jazz next year? What's his contract situation? Let's have a look. Uh Donovan Mitchell B ball reference. Uh, scroll to the bottom. Salaries. So he is on his extension now, which pays him through uh, 2025 with a player option for 2026. I don't think as anyone is trading for that contract because it's so much long-term control. Mm-hmm. Um, the flip side to this is what is Rudy Gobert's contract? Because like I don't. Down... If 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 Mitchell's staying, I, I think Gobert is gone. I don't. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think but... that those two are gonna play another game together after the end of the playoffs. Yeah. Like... So the, the 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 problem is Rudy Gobert's he also paid through twenty twenty five with a player option for twenty twenty six, and that's thirty five, thirty eight, forty one, forty four million dollars, and the player option just... is forty six and a half. Like I I just think that like. Things sound dire. Uh, the whole like Donovan doesn't pass to Rudy thing is <laughs> so very fucking funny. funny. <laughs> and, and 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 I just man, if if both um, if both of them have to keep playing with each other for another three years, that's gonna get ugly. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, like. So Utah is now being run by Danny Ainge again. I think that's the thing that happened in the last couple months. Yeah. I don't know if that means he's going to be more like conservative and slower as he was in the Brooklyn like last couple year- years of their their like slow build towards contention. Where like everyone was like, why the hell didn't you go in for Paul George or AD or whoever when you could clearly make that deal work? Um the flip side is that maybe that means they finally have someone in the room who's going to be like big enough to say, I, I, I'm no fan of Danny Age. I think he's kind of a dickhead in many regards. I think he's also a pretty good general manager or has been at least. And maybe that's like finally got someone in the room to say like, okay, we've got to actually fucking do something here because we're regressing, we're, we're treading water and the team dynamic is horrific. I yeah. <laughs> like I find it very hard to imagine who's actually actively going out for either of these players. Um, the 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 resources you need to get Mitchell in particular seem to be astounding, and Gobert is both like probably ac- accurately valued for a regular season player even on this behemoth contract, and I don't know who thinks that Rudy Gobert is putting them over the top. Like it's very hard to figure out the team that thinks that Rudy Gobert is their missing piece. I've just like you go through all the standard standard places. Like, do the Lakers have the resources to go get a thirty five million a year player? Like, no. God, they, cursed, cursed. Exactly. Like, who else on out there is like 
trying to maneuver to to get an, like a third star or a second big uh, like a second star or whatever. I, I don't see anyone who's readily taking on these contracts, and that might mean it just gets horrific to watch. But they're still like a half decent team. Like they're a five seed, and that's not nothing. Uh, um, if I can quickly throw um, a couple back at you, yeah. Is Papa coach next year? Um. Yeah, and it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, um, I think yes, and um, we're all a little like bummed out about it. Fair enough. Um, how old is he? Got to be like seventies by now. I understand why he ended up coaching through this season. Um, you know, being the winningest coach in NBA history is not nothing. Um, no. I, I just... Such, I'm going to... 73. He's 73. Um, the, uh, the, the comments he's made about like... <clears throat> no, of course I'm not quitting. I'm just like... You're, you, what else do you have? You, this, you're not going to turn this team around in the next two years and then you're going to be 75 like what it, <laughs> go enjoy just, your life yeah um well well we'll we'll, we'll see this is it, this is an open question just like what uh, the spurs thing to do would be to like let the bottom fall out for a season before like i don't know either pop suddenly makes a return when they pick up um chahongren or something like that like they do the Duncan thing again, but with the, like, you know, with this team. Like, I just don't, like, I think even if they did the Duncan thing, like, I just don't think that, like, he's going to be around long enough to, like, reap the rewards of that. Reap the rewards, be the, be the guy actually on the sideline for that, that next good Spurs team. And I just, like, I don't know. He's won everything you could possibly win. I just think that he should, like, just be happy, dude. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to think, who are the other teams who could either, like, swing for the fences or crash? Okay, yeah. Um, is Dame on the Sixers next season? Mm, the injury stuff makes this so complicated. Like, yeah. him not playing this year much, or at all, and anyway, um, just makes it weird. If, like, if Dame played this season and they didn't even make the play-in, like... No, absolutely not. In their current state, where, like, he did this, like, big public battle to, like, you know, fix the team, get the coach he wanted, didn't get the coach he wanted, chose a different domestic abuser or whatever, because didn't he want Jason Kidd? He did want Jason Kidd and end up with Chauncey Billups. <sighs> like, Miserable. Miserable. That whole weird situation, if he went through all that, and didn't even make the playoffs like that I would be like, no, absolutely not. But this is just such a weird season that I, I think he might foolishly like give them another chance. And I don't, I don't know why you would do that. I don't know what you see in this team. Yeah. And I, I understand like he doesn't want to do the super team thing. Like I understand that, but like you could go play like more fun basketball. Yeah. I think if there's anyone who might end up on the Lakers now, Dame is like blaring out to me. Is the uh, is the guy? 
which would be confusing and messy, but like, you know, you know. Um, that Lakers team is cursed. They need to trade it. They need to trade Anthony Davis. Yo! <laughs> I don't know. the hot takes. I, I can't believe I'm saying that because he's Anthony Davis and he just won a title like 18 months ago. But, but like, that dude is not going to play 60 games for you ever. It's not going to happen. You need to get rid of him. <laughs> Le- LeBron that- James is like 47 years old or whatever. Like... You can't trade him because he's LeBron James. So you're not allowed to do that. Like, but Trading like in his contract, like don't fuck with me is clause four. <laughs> you, you like, I love Russ. They have to like wave Russ or something. Like, I, fuck. So the, the they, point need, is they to need to blow a- this team up, and they can't even do it because New Orleans has every single one of their draft picks until we are all dead. That is absolutely true. Um... They, they they think it's called the Crypto.com Arena. It's actually called the New Orleans Pelicans Own My Anus Arena. <laughs> um, the AD is not the player he was even 18 months ago. And that's a massive fucking worry. But also, they have got LeBron James and AD and one max salary slot that, you know, it's the fucking Lakers. They can get someone. And that's always going to be enticing enough, I think, to, you know keep them coming back to the dance until LeBron literally like decides, okay, it's time to like be a granddad in Cleveland or something. I don't know. I don't, I I just, I don't think that, um, I think on the one hand, like LeBron coming to the Lakers was good for the Lakers because they got a chip out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. on the other hand, um, they've leased their entire future on like, a guy who is good in like these very unique circumstances, the bubble that like I who knows if they would have won the ring in 2020 if it weren't for the bubble, you know? Yeah, like um, AD shot out of his fucking skull, and that isn't usually what he's done, and he hasn't been able to replicate it, especially post injury. Like so, they got AD that. Is, AD is currently the worst volume scorer in the league, and like it, it shouldn't be understated how bad his his efficiency got at some point. And then the other four years of LeBron are two missed playoffs and one first round sweep. Yeah. Um, and and it's just like I I don't think I don't want to say that LeBron coming to the Lakers was bad for the Lakers in the sense that like I guess if you can get a, a ring out of it it's good, but like they have like they're gonna LeBron will not play for this team forever, and when he stops. They're going to be a bad team for, like, six or seven years. Like, they're going to become, like, Knicks-level bad for a while. Like, absolutely bottom feeder. And, that I like, fundamentally, that's okay if you mortgage your future for a title. But just, like, when do you call it quits is a genuine open question with this team. Um, yeah. Who is Russ playing for next season? <laughs> and why is the answer? Los Angeles see? Clippers. <laughs> no! No! Oh, my fucking voice cracked with the panic. Um, I only say that because um, I think it, it is it is funny to imagine him just being like, "Well, I bought this house in L.A." <laughs> uh, no, that man has been earning fifty million dollars for long enough. I think he can buy a house and not live in it. Okay, here's Why a dark answer, answer for you. Yeah, the the Lakers buy him out. They, they, like, they buy him out. He's total free agent. 
Sam Presti wants to lose games, and you you know who's going to do a great job of putting butts in seats while also letting you lose a lot of games is yeah. Russell Westbrook playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder again. <laughs> I, I did. I was gesturing or like shaping towards why is the answer OKC. Like, OKC, I'm going to get picks out of the Lakers for taking on a bad contract. They also do at some point need to like convince Shea that he's going to be there long term. And yeah. be, making him play alongside Russ is not going to help that. But like, man, there are very few other places for him to end up. It's really, really not, not you know. Like, he's going to be doing reunion tours with teams that really don't want him to be there. Like, the only teams who are, like, still in this we are accumulating assets for bad contracts mode are, like, Orlando, Houston, and OKC. Orlando, it's never going to happen. They've already got a million guards, and they just... I don't ever expect them to make that kind of deal. Houston, he was already there, and it was miserable. <laughs> And OKC is OKC, like, you know. He, he will sell tickets in a way that, like, I don't think that, like, Westbrook, like, no one in Houston is like, well, let's just go watch Westbrook because he's fun no, and we're going to lose no. this game, but, like, it'll be fun. I, the, I, I, think if, I think if Westbrook goes back to OKC, he sells tickets, and I don't think OKC is concerned about winning games, I think it's a bizarrely good fit. Yeah. The, the only other answer I have is it's a he's salary ballast in a Dame deal. Yeah. The, yeah, the, I, I could absolutely see him like, well, I play for the Trailblazers now because... Um, would you like to guess how old Russell Westbrook is? Oh, my God. So Draymond is 33, we established. Draymond, we established, I think, as being 32. 32. 32, yeah. So 34 for us? 33. So, uh, I mean, right there. Um, I, I, <laughs> he was an MVP five years ago. like Five years, five years. And now we are talking about him as like the most toxic contract in the fucking league. It's How long has it been since LeBron James was MVP? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word. LeBron probably should have more MVPs than he does, but he last won it in... Uh, 2013. He last won it nine years ago. Um, I, th- I, f- I feel like, I feel like he should have won five straight. I feel like it should have been 2009, 2010, 2012, 2013. Like the, the Derek Rose weird, like the D Rose winning, um, partially because he was playing for the bulls and partially because LeBron was playing for Miami. Um, I, I just think I just think LeBron should have won it five straight, you know. Yeah. Um. So who's been MVP since KD? That was you know scoring breakout first yeah. Curry season, understandable. Unanimous the- Curry season, fully earned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russ. It was kind of a fight between him and Harden. I think he was to some de- uh, LeBron was to some degree slowing down here. Looking uh, looking back at it, I yeah. I probably would have picked. Harden for 16 17 honestly uh, and I don't like Harden no yeah I mean he was an absurd absurd player but like triple double you know yeah <laughs> yeah but I don't think we were all clued in on like the offensive explosion that was coming no, because like, like clearly Harden was presaging a thing that was just gonna like turn the league on its fucking head over the next three years and so like and the, the averaging a triple double seemed like 
this historic, like, oh, that's not going to happen again thing, at least not for a while. And then, like, hasn't Luca averaged triple-double or something? I, I don't think he has because I don't think he'd get to the rebounds. But, I mean, let's see. Uh, where is Luca for the season averages? Uh, Luca is at... Uh, total rebounds for this season was 9.1 and 8.7 assists. So, like, I mean, he's another in this sort of, like, you know... Um, yeah. Wait, Luca is at twenty eight nine and nine. It's hardly like unimpressive. In terms of yeah, like I, I I think the the Westbrook thing seemed like historic in a way that I don't think it's going to because I Luca will one of these days average a triple double. Yeah, um, and he won't even be trying in the way that Westbrook was. Yes, you no, know that, that's entirely fair. Um, the two Giannis years, absolutely. Uh. The Jokic year, oh man, what a weird season. I guess Jokic should have won it. It, I, it definitely should not have been LeBron. No, I don't think no. LeBron should have won either of the Giannis years. I think, you know. I mean, I mean, the, the, the point is it's always hard to make a case for a guy who is still the best player in the league but isn't, like, turning the performances in in the regular season while players who are clearly worse than him are. And we're now at the point where he's not clearly the best player in the league. So. This is, the the actual thing here is that I think, like, we... I, I feel like, oh, LeBron should have won it more is a pretty common narrative. KD should have won it more. Oh, yeah, that's I don't, true. I, I, once again, I can't pick a year where I would be like, oh, you know, Kobe won it during um, uh, uh, KD's rookie season, and then it was the, like, ton of uh, LeBron years, and then the Giannis and the Steph years, like... I don't know when KD would have won it, but it's insane that KD only has one MVP, given that he's probably the best player in the league. <laughs> yeah, let me have a look at when Giannis... I could, I've, I've sung in my head about those, like, 18, 19 seasons, that, that sort of range, where, like, it was Giannis back-to-back. Let me have a look at the 2018 MVP. So, okay, that was Harden ahead of LeBron. 2019 was uh, Giannis ahead of Harden with, yeah, Steph and Katie down the ballot. I feel like there have been years where Durant has been, like, cannibalizing. Well, Durant got cannibalized by just being on the same team as Steph. But I look now and, like, he wasn't even getting into that, like, secondary tier. And there might just have been failures to recognize how fucking good he was. But, you know. <sighs> Again, this is the sort of thing where, like, in the same way I said, like, if we look back on these seasons and fail to, to tell the story that Draymond was the most, like, extraordinary defensive player of his era, then we're going to look silly. I don't know whether we're ever going to feel silly for saying Joel Embiid never won an MVP because it might happen and that might make us not feel silly but be like, oh, it would have been nice. It might make us look silly to look back where Jokic has two MVPs and Giannis has two MVPs and KD has one. That might be true. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> I think Jokic is a great player. I... I feel like... I feel like Jokic is a great player. I, I don't know that, like, dragging this team to the sixth seed, like, makes him an MVP in the same way that, like... I think, like, Giannis and Joel just, like, 
contribute more to the team's success in, in a lot of ways. I don't know. I I would not be mad. I would not be upset if Jokic won MVP. I just feel like this, in my heart, it's Giannis or Joel. It's Joel in my heart, but like, yeah, if Giannis I, won, I'd be like, okay, yeah. Full homer pick, I want it to be MB because he's wanted it so badly. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's not even that complicated. Like, there are all sorts of story reasons to give it to all of them. I think well, there are a few story reasons to give it to Giannis because he's just been quietly exe- like exemplary. Um, Jokic for like dragging a team with nobody on it to a good position. But also we, we saw him do that last year, you know. Um, the flip side of that is Embiid having like the weight of the world and also the, the, the doom cast of Philly sports placed on his shoulders. Like that's a, that's a genuine thing. I want it to be Embiid just because, you know. He, he's he's cool and I like him and I want him to succeed and I want him to be happy. And I think the thing that would make him happy is having an MVP trophy. Can I tell you all the all the players who, who got points in the 2016-2017 MVP race? Because I think this is so funny. Go for it. Um, 888 points. First place, Russell Westbrook. Second mm-hmm. with 753, James Harden. Yeah. Third, Kawhi Leonard. Fourth, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Fifth. Who was Kawhi playing for at that point? Was that the That was the last- Spurs. Yeah, that was the last Spurs season. Uh, that oh, was the last one. Spurs season where he played, because then there was yeah. the Spurs season then where the, he didn't play. He just didn't play, yeah. Well, Before, of all yeah. the of all the recent guy didn't play seasons, the the Kawhi last year at the Spurs one is the weirdest. It's very strange. Um, very strange. Fifth place, zero first place votes, but still eighty one points. Isaiah Thomas for the Boston oh, my Celtics. Word. <laughs> Number oh, six, Stephen Curry. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that that was the um, the Isaiah season where he was like, I remember the fucking, was that the fight against the Washington Wizards in the first round? And yeah, like, maybe. Uh, th- th- that, that was the, I, I want to have a look at that, that um, Boston team now. Um, 2017 Boston. Boston Celtics. Um... Nope, 16-17. Um, playoff finish. Yeah, that was the shitty conference finals performance. Um, all right, let's see how the playoffs went. Oh, First. right. That was the year that, like, LeBron just, like, beat the shit out of them in the conference yeah, finals. Yeah, no, just, like, like did... No, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of 17-18. That, oh. The 16-17 is another, like bad Boston year, but I just remember the, the 17-18, um, like, LeBron winning the conference finals despite being, like, playing one-on-five. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, so the, this version of it was the, the like, you know, pre, um, pre the savior arriving. This was the, okay, you've drafted Jalen Brown, but this was the Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder team. Um, you know, yeah. Um, and the, like, Isaiah was doing stupid amount of jump shooting. Um, and then they turned it into eventually the, the Kyrie um, post-trade team, which given the Kyrie trade, that was LeBron going up against thin air. Oh, we're going up alongside thin air. Um, but yeah, uh, th- I think we underestimate just how much LeBron just ran the Eastern Conference for like two decades. Like, Yeah. Um, I, no, I am no always... One was- relevant for two decades like the toronto raptors were winning 60 games and then lost like meekly exiting the playoffs because lebron james happened 
Like, geez. I am always thinking about, like, because cause Jordan people always bring up, like, oh, you know, undefeated in the finals. I am always thinking about LeBron leading, like, a team to eight straight finals. And you watch those last couple calves, like, the, the four straight with Miami, like, okay, that was the expectation. The four with, with the Cavs, yeah. at least two of those were on bad fucking teams. You know? Like, those teams were bad. And he just, like, decided, I will just win. Fuck everything. Yeah. Like. <laughs> the, the amount of teams he just ripped the heart out of, single-handedly, is just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I I think it is easy right now to feel like low on LeBron um, because of how bad some of these Lakers seasons have, be, have been. But like second era of Cavs LeBron is like, we will never see that again. <laughs> we will never see a guy lead just like total fucking scrubs. Yeah, we might see Luca lead like a bunch of total scrubs, honestly. Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, I could I could imagine Luca leading like. That's I'm not going to say that's what he's doing because he's not leading them to an obvious conference finals berth, and they're like marginally better than scrubs, scrubs. But yeah, you know, uh, their second best player is what uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like that's not good. No. <laughs> There's a chance. This do you know who Maxi Kleber is? I've heard that name. Okay, there's a, there's, there's a chance the second best player is a guy you have heard the name of and know more. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. <sighs> um, we, we've got into our historical comp section because we, we're like just spinning on one having like fallen back in love with basketball, right? Like that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this, this playoffs is fucking great. Um, we're going to talk about this more because we're going to watch a shed load more games. This was the first game of the first round. Obviously, the first weekend's always jam-packed, but, like... Yeah. I watched... I'm, I'm so mad. I'm going to be working during, I think, every single Philly Raptors game. No! Um, I might be able to catch, like, the la- the second half of tomorrow's game, hopefully. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. So I, I'm going to miss a lot of the series that I am most nervous slash excited about if we get through here i really i'm worried about round one we we gotta just come out and like fucking curb stomp miami like i don't i do not want to watch a miami series go long if it turns into a grind it's gonna be scary but like i have more confidence now than at any other point that the Sixers are genuinely good playoff playoff team um yeah. that might come and bite me in the ass but like now nah, like I, I see a vision here of them being really good which scares me <laughs> i don't want hope hope is a terrifying thing to deal with <laughs> but yeah we uh, should we should wrap it up because i know yeah, we should probably so yeah you should you should go do that i hear it's pretty good to do that um yeah man first game in the first round and we're, we're already like we've gone fucking starry-eyed about <laughs> oh, the Warriors are back. Oh, we have hope. <laughs> yeah, um, Buster will do that to you. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna hit stop recording. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. That's a wrap.
Bye now.